Tom Simansky is an experienced political operative. He's the executive director of the New Jersey Republican State Committee. Tom, welcome. Thanks for having me on, David. Good to talk to you. Well, thank you for coming on. Uh, Tom, there's there's a million more Democrats than Republicans in New Jersey. Can Jack Chitterelli beat Phil Murphy? There's a million more Democrats, David, but since last November, Republicans have actually outpaced Democrats in terms of new voter registrations in the state. So granted, we do have an uphill climb. It always is being um, a Republican in New Jersey. But Jack Chitterelli absolutely does have a shot because this election needs to be a referendum on Phil Murphy. And that's what it's going to be. And Phil Murphy wants to talk about anything and everything other than his record. He wants to talk about Donald Trump. He wants to he wants to talk about uh, national politics. Um, you're, you're an old history junkie and a New Jersey political junkie, David. You're, you know that we're one of only two states in the in the union with gubernatorial elections this year and not in federal cycles because the framers of our modern day constitution wanted the voters to be able to decide on state specific issues and pay full attention to it. So pay full attention to the fact that Phil Murphy ignored guidance um, and put COVID positive patients in nursing homes, which led to the deaths of 8,000 people. Pay attention to the fact that Phil Murphy enacted some of the largest tax increases uh, out of any New Jersey governor. Pay attention to the fact that that Phil Murphy um, swept complaints of his employees pertaining to sexual harassment under the rug. And look at Jack Chitterelli. Jack is out there hitting the campaign trail really hard. He's getting known by the voters more and more by the day. He's a small businessman, a job creator, um, everyday guy, as opposed to Phil Murphy, who's a wealthy, out-of-touch Goldman Sachs millionaire. And Jack Chitterelli and Diane Allen are more in line with everyday New Jersey. So I think the more that we hear about these things, the more people are going to come our way, and they already are. And, Tom, I, I, I watched Jack Chitterelli's first TV ad this week. He, he used a clip, that Governor, something Governor Murphy said in 2019. He said, if you're a one-issue voter and taxes are your issue, we're probably not your state. Are, you've seen more polling than I am. Are, are taxes the issue this year? I think taxes, affordability, and quality of life, I think it all kind of runs together. It's not just a question of taxes. Um, Everybody who lives in New Jersey knows that we have some of the highest taxes um, in the state. So they need to ask themselves two questions, I think. Which candidate in this race, Phil Murphy or Jack Chitterelli, is going to take that issue of lowering taxes and implementing systemic reforms in Trenton, which is severely broken, more seriously? I think the answer is Jack. But if you want to give Phil Murphy a fair shake, ask yourself, okay, we pay high taxes, but what kind of services do we get in return? Is, 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 do we get a good bang for our buck here? And when you consider over the last 18 months that the New Jersey Department of Labor is completely broken beyond repair, the fact that Phil Murphy has refused to invest in infrastructure upgrades to that, and people who are out of work because of COVID have been forced to wait weeks and months to get their unemployment checks, people who are living paycheck to paycheck trying to put food on the table. Um, That's not a good return on investment. Um, Ask yourself if waiting for hours or days online at motor vehicle commission offices to do simple administrative items like renew your license or your registration, um, only to be turned away at the door after waiting uh, online for hours. Ask yourself if you're getting a good return um, on your investment. As crime continues to tick up all throughout the state, particularly at the Jersey Shore where I live, David, and Phil Murphy doesn't want to blame his, you know, he doesn't want to blame his anti-law enforcement rhetoric on that uptick, but 
as, as we see public safety come more and more under attack in our state, ask if you're getting a good return on your high tax rate. But it, it seems to me, and, and I, I agree with you, I look at the history very strongly, and, I, and I, I've been watching gubernatorial campaigns in New Jersey for, oh God, I shouldn't, I shouldn't admit it, 48 years. It, <laughs> it seems that Republicans go a little bit to the right to win the nomination, and then in New Jersey, they move to the center for the general. But, but Jack Cittarelli and Diane Allen, they've moved a little to the right, not a place where they've been through their careers. Is is that the lane they need to take to win this election? I, I, I take issue with with the premise just a little bit there, David. And I don't okay. think that either I don't think that either Jack Cittarelli or Diane Allen would shy away from the fact that they are conservative but common sense um, Republicans. But that being said, what we've seen happen since um, Senator Diane Allen. Um, was announced about 10 days ago as Jack Cittarelli's lieutenant governor, is a systematic and coordinated attack against her from Phil Murphy and his disciples and their like-minded cohorts in the media. I exclude yourself from that, David. I think that you're a very fair uh, person who throws balls and strikes. But if you look at what's been said about Diane Allen um, by the quote-unquote mainstream media in the last week, They're calling her radical and extreme for two statements that she made. The first one was one that takes issue with the fact that Phil Murphy has mandated that kindergartners and elementary school students be taught about explicit sexual acts. That's number one. Kindergartners, David. Number two is the fact she expressed concern and questioned whether or not COVID-positive migrants who are being allowed to flow through the poorest open southern border because of Joe Biden's failed border and immigration policies, she questioned if it was a good idea for them to come to New Jersey. I think if you were to ask the majority of New Jerseyans whether or not those are unreasonable positions, they would all say no. And yet we're seeing systematically uh, the press take a, a woman, and Diane Allen, who has been hailed for her entire career as being a bipartisan, moderate, uh, leader who obtains results. This is a woman who was discriminated against in her career as a journalist. This is a woman who passed legislation, anti-bullying and anti-harassment legislation. She has been an unprecedented champion for women in the state of New Jersey. And the New Jersey press corps is trying to make her out to be an extremist. Shame on them. And I'm speaking with Tom Semiansky, executive director of the New Jersey Republican Party. I mean, I've been watching your tweets all week. You were you're really going at it with Democrats on, on every one of these issues. <laughs> well, it's all in good fun. Uh, my counterpart at the New Jersey Democratic State Committee and I certainly had a, a very spirited exchange this week. Um, we should never shy away from contrasting our ideas with each other. It's, it's what elections and public affairs um, is all about. But, but make no mistake, the New Jersey Republican State Committee, we're not only here to elect Jack Cittarelli as governor this November, we're here to hold Democrats and all of their failed bad ideas accountable. And Ronald Reagan always said that bail, uh, bold colors uh, are more effective um, than pale pastels. And we intend to be aggressive, not only in terms of holding those with power and in office accountable, um, but ensuring that the media does not distort the narrative of this race. And we will continue to do that. And I want to ask you about redistricting. Census numbers are out now. Uh, the Chief Justice, the, this, the full Supreme Court, voted for the Democratic candidate for congressional redistricting over the Republican candidate. What, is, what does all this mean? What's, what, what is the Republican <clears throat> prognosis for congressional redistricting? 
Well, I think it just means that, you know, our Republican commissioners need to, as they will, fight to ensure the best and fairest possible map, um, not just in terms of uh, I'm not to, to tip the balance in favor of Republicans, but to ensure that there's equal representation um, in both Congress and the state house. I mean, this is about congressional and legislative redistricting. I mean, when you consider on the, on the, the legislative side and throughout the years, like take 2013, for example, 52% of voters cast a ballot for a Republican legislative candidate only wound up with 40% of the seats. And it's, it's gone down even since um, the current split in the congressional delegation is 10 Democrats and two Republicans. And that's not the proportion with which New Jersey voters, either in 2020 or previously, um, voted in, uh, to send people to Washington along party lines on. So, yeah, but in fairness, that was a Republican. That was a Republican map, the one that you're you're in right now. That was that was designed to to keep four more Republican seats. It was it was a Republican map. What I'm saying is that these these are redrawn every ten years to ensure that the districts are in perpetuity remaining as competitive and fair um, as possible. And I think that, you know, now Republican commissioners can and will put forward a fair, a fair map to ensure that balance is, is restored here. And I think that when you consider that there's folks like Congressman Tom Malinowski out there who um, have perpetually broken federal law by failing to disclose uh, shady stock trades made during the pandemic, we're going to have some really, really competitive, tough races out there next November 2022. We're going to win some seats back either way. And and this is the the this is the the anticipated rematch between Tom Ken Jr. and Tom Malinowski. Is that is that the number one Republican target in New Jersey? I, I, I would hate to get into ranking and assigning value to one district over another. Um, we at the Republican Party. Um, assist all of our candidates in whatever their needs and asks are. Um, but I think if you're looking at all of the districts and past performance, as well as, you know, future potential matchups, I think it's hard to look at the 7th Congressional District of New Jersey and not say that that's a real opportunity um, to send Tom Malinowski back. And, and what about other districts? Andy Kim, Josh Gottheimer, Mikey, Mikey Sherrill, are, are, you looking at, mm-hmm. are you looking at trying to make those districts more competitive? I think that I think a number of districts um, need to and will get more competitive. I mean, I was looking at I'm like you, David, I'm kind of a numbers geek and a and a math nerd a little bit. And I was looking at some of the municipal level census data, as well as data that's come in from some other sources. And, you know, if you look at districts like three, uh, five, uh, seven, eleven, which are all currently held by Democratic representatives, um, you know, the way that the way that uh, the census data is now, the, uh, the partisan voting index puts all of those districts at either Republican plus two or Democrat plus two. So you've got four of the 12 districts in New Jersey here that are very, very close to center and only a few points away from each other in terms of their partisanship. So we're going to have a number of competitive races. And we're going to fight hard in every single one of them and win seats back and uh, fire Nancy Pelosi as House Speaker for once and for all. Well, look, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, this is this is one thing we're all going to agree on, Democrats and Republicans. It's one of the reasons we all love New Jersey is it's always exciting, and and it's always competitive. T- Tom Simansky, Executive Director of the New Jersey Republican State Committee, thank you for joining me today. David, keep up the great work. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much.